Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to this week's edition of the Digital Shop Talk Radio. I'm Tom Dorsey, and today we're going to be talking with our expert panel of experts, or so far, one of them. Uh, waiting on Uva Kleinschmidt still, and I see a couple. I see the remaining expert panel of experts in the audience, and I might be promoting them to panelists here. Uh, depends on how we get scrapping. So today we've got a great show for you. We're doing an in-depth kind of deep dive, backed by popular demand. Uh, uh, you know, quite a few folks have been asking for a follow-up to the episode we did. So today, the business control panel, an easy button for your shop. And what we're going to be doing is going how do we read, interpret, dive deep into that BCP data uh, to find opportunities for improvement, as Bill likes to call it, uh, for our shop? So welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Bill Connor. Thank you, sir. I've been kind of on a digital safari. Um, <laughs> so um, I am back from safari, I hope. Good, good, good. Well, I see you look well rested and tanned, by the way. Uh, very tanned. Uh, it's a color a, correction. In a fancy new office. You know, before we had you on, you were out in the wilderness somewhere, out in a prairie. Now it's good to see you back in civilization, buddy. And we're waiting on Uva, but we're not going to wait too long. So I just sent him a link. He'll be joining us. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're, Bill's going to kick us off and we're going to give you kind of, uh, we want some audience participation here. What we're going to do is we're going to show you a scenario, typical scenario from a business control panel. And we're going to ask you to, uh, you know, put on your Sherlock home hat and uh, chat in what your determination or your interpretation of that data is. And then we're going to drill down and find out, A, are you right? Uh, and B, how do we get to that root cause? Because, you know, here's the thing. Once we get down to that root cause, uh, the, the, the next step or the corrective action becomes pretty obvious. Uh, now, whether you want to actually implement that corrective action or not, uh, that's up to you. But you will know what you should do to improve that metric or to improve that performance. Uh, so before, uh, uh, you know, we get started, um, the next thing we want to do is don't be shy. If you've got some challenges in your shop, you've been working in your business control panel, you don't get something or, or, or even better, you want to challenge us, you want to embarrass Bill live on the air uh, and, and tell us that we're full of the beans, throw down, put it in the chat and we'll, we'll, we'll dissect that live on the air. And, and, you know, and I can hear already uh, John Long's fingers just pounding away on that keyboard all the way from Texas. You know, I feel like I'm at the uh, warm-up session for the clog dancing Olympics. Uh, so, so while we're waiting for Uva, why don't we go ahead and get them into diagnostic mindset? You know, if you're working on a vehicle in, in your shop and it had a performance problem, you'd use some data to go ahead and understand what's going on. And if you want to get some extra output out of that vehicle, you're going to look at certain data um, PIDs on a vehicle. But in our case, we're going to be looking at KPIs on the business control panel. So just like diagnosing your shop, we've got inputs and we got outputs and so on. So I'd like you to go ahead and start thinking in that particular mindset. And if anybody disagrees with me that they can go ahead and diagnose the performance of their shop, perform an experiment on their shop, just like you would on a vehicle in your shop, please go ahead and chat in and let me know that, you know, I'm off on that mindset. But again, everybody in this call and probably in the industry, you know, you're used to diagnosing vehicle performance problem with data. So, you know, can you do it with the business control panel? That's what I'd like you to go ahead and start thinking about. Yeah. And just remember, you know, Bill is ninja level when it comes to the business control panel. So, and as John Long says, challenge accepted. So we look forward to a, a lively discussion. Um, well, without further ado, Bill, why don't you kick that ball? So I think what I'd like to do is just pull up a, a group of um, different shops on a business control panel and just go through some of my favorite KPIs, if that's okay with you. Sure. Perhaps even if it's not okay with you. <laughs> what are you asking me for? And so let's, first of all, let's make sure you can see my screen. Yes. Now let me- How does it look up. for everybody? If you could chat in, you know, uh, for me, it looks full, right? But last week, I think it was last week's episode, people were saying that the screen looks small. So if you could chat in and let me know, does the screen look, uh, yep, we're good to go. Thanks, Michael. Awesome. So basically, I've got five different shops laid across here. And when I talk about diagnosing, I'm always talking about inputs and outputs and so on. 
But these are, are some basic outputs that I want. I want to go ahead and drive weekly revenue, and I want to drive, drive ARO, and then I want to go ahead and do that by cert measuring certain inputs. So inspection rate to me is a key input. Edited pictures is a key input. And then we can go right down the list, average number of pictures taken, inspection sent, motors, research time. Um, and one of my favorite ones on here that I like to do is, is use as we go down this long list is service advisor efficiency. And so a lot of people say that, you know, it's great to go ahead and know how many hours per day on an average the service rider actually invoices. But to me, I'm looking more about keeping the technicians fat and happy. So I want to go ahead and look at the technicians and see on average, how many hours per day are they paid posting invoices across the time period I'm on. So, you know, this is one of my favorite ones. And this is, you know, to me, this is an output. A lot of other things have to go right to drive this number. But again, to me, it's just another diagnostic um, data PID that I use. And I see Uwe went ahead and joined us. So if um, you want to go ahead and and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'd sure be open to uh, discussion. How can you be wrong? Um, I'm a product of the industry. Oh. I'm an anarchist, just like the other ones you talked about. Can you go back to, to what you just showed? Because uh, I, I really want to make sure um, we all know what that means. So you see um, in the service advisor efficiency, also the tax listed. And, and that basically means how many <clears throat> billable hours has, have all service advisors uh, assigned to those tax and finished. Correct? Yep. And so how I like to use this is if I'm looking at a shop and they're, they're open a five day a week shop and they're averaging eight or 10 hours a day, that's pretty damn good because those techs are going ahead and doing over eight or 10 hours a day. So it really depends on the time frame. But again, as you get used to looking at this, if we can start driving them techs up and I like to use this also, you know, everybody complains about, I don't have enough damn technicians. I can't find them and so on. And so to me, the solution to going ahead and be a technician shortage is to go ahead and make the technicians that you have extremely profitable for themselves in the shop by actually, you know, dispatching, getting them the right type of jobs and, and actually measuring their performance. So again, a lot of shops, when they complain about a technician shortage, they may have more of a shortage of process than they do actually a shortage of, of skilled um, staff members. This is a good point. I mean, just go for three columns to the right and those techs are happy, at least the first two. Fat and happy techs. It's like, you know, throw, throw back to the show a couple of weeks back with Dennis Edson on, right? Right. I mean, when, when you boil it all down, it might just be a guy who's not going to do much more than 20, 25 hours a week. And then that's another decision you need to make. In his case, it's a definite decision because he's only got six parking spots to work with. Um, you got to go ahead and be very efficient. And, and again, another one that I like to look at is average hours per repair order for the technician. So if we go right. up here and we get into the average hours per RO for the technicians and they're not three hours plus, them guys are wearing out sneakers going back and forth to the parking lot. And, you know, they're wearing out their back, bending over, racking, unracking cars and, um, you know, they get a little miserable and a little grumpy and, and um, you know, I've, you know, you hear people joke about all the time, the difference between the technician is a puppy, at least the puppies eventually stop whining. Um, but again, you know, they're entitled to it if they're going ahead and not using processes that are actually wearing them out, you know, wearing the employees out and wearing your equipment out. So I don't know where you want to take us, but can you maybe give us the top three things to get Gene to where Ronnie is? So, um, you know, the things I want to go and look at is, is, first of all, are they doing inspections? But more importantly, when they do inspections, are they spotting needs? So when I talk about spotting needs, that's the average number of recommendations per inspection. And so if the technicians aren't spotting needs, they're not bought in in the program. And, um, you know, and when I say spotting needs, I'm talking about immediate needs today and also the needs for the next service visit because every vehicle has been dying since it was born. 
So if you're showing the customer what needs to be done on the next service visit, you're do, doing one of two things. You're giving them an opportunity to do it today, which is a really good thing in today's climate because they might not have to go and get out of their car and, and disinfect and re, you know, do that again. So they might go ahead and decide to do it all in one trip, but there's no vehicle that should ever leave your shop without a next service due. But again, the number of recommendations is key. And then from there, if I go ahead and look and see that, you know, are they taking the right type of pictures and helping the service writer prepare them to go ahead and, and present them to the customer. So when I go ahead and um, let's see where I've got it on my long list here. I'm looking for the edited pictures percentage, which should be, let's move up a little bit higher. Edited pictures percentage should be right here. So when I look at this, not only are the technicians taking pictures, but are they helping the service writer out by having an error or a note on them? And then is the service writers doing, doing something with them? So those are some things the technician can do to stack the odds in their favor. Do a good inspection, make sure they put some righteous recommendations on them. And then, you know, if they give the service writer the pictures and the notes that go with them, then the service writer job is really kind of easy. All they have to do is approve it, estimate it, and everything that's been righteously documented by that technician, the service writer really shouldn't have any excuse at all not to estimate it and present it to the customer and let the customer say yes or no. So here's what I'm spotting and, and, and I wanna challenge you a little bit. Um, if you look at the edited pictures per inspection of the first shop and the fourth shop, they're pretty aligned. And I happen to know they use guided, right? Um, the, the inspection is a guided one, whether the techs have switched it on or not. But a big, if you compare the number of recommendations, so edited pictures, they look pretty even, right? If you look at number of recommendations, you see a difference you know, between Ryan doing 18 in the fourth column, if you could highlight that, and Carlos in the first column doing 11 on average, right? So I would, I would venture out and say, this is a matter of how to set up the inspection and not so much um, the individual text performance using guided will allow you to generate a certain amount of recommendations. What so do you the think? Interesting, the interesting thing here, both the technicians you pointed out aren't using guided because there's no G next to their name. True. And then when we get down to some of the other ones, but a lot of it also has to do with the type of vehicles they work on and the climate they're in. So, you know, if you're in, in a area that's got a high mileage vehicles and it's in a rust belt, you know, they're, they're literally disintegrating where if you get down in a, in a different area that they drive around in a city like Florida, where there's no salt on the roads and so on, you know, the average number of recommendations may be less, but regardless, you know, it's really up to the technician to write that prescription in between what they, a condition-based inspection, you know, even in some of the warmer areas, they don't have rust, but we definitely got control arm bushings that are dry rotten all kinds of other things that, that dry rot just because of the heat. So, um, you know, most of the time I see on average between, you know, seven and 15 is, is a decent number from between this visit and the next visit, if it's a well-built inspection sheet. Um, so, so I agree with you. Um, but even independent of whether you use guided or not, if the inspection is set up correctly, and, and here, here's the fascinating thing. I don't know whether you did that on purpose, but both shops, one and four, are how many miles from each other? It's really few. They have the same climate. They have all makes on models. And, uh, and, and, and I believe there's a difference in, in the setup of the inspection, uh, which would be worth uh, exploring. Yep. And, um, and, and so, you can... So and you can uh, real quick, Go ahead. folks that, you know, uh, haven't done an inspection audit or want to do, what what should they do first? Where can they get that resource? Uh, should they just reach out to their auto vitals advisor and have them walk them through it? 
I don't know. Uh, we should uh, reach out to those two shops, for example, and ask for permission whether we can compare the inspections. Hey, Adam, can we compare your inspection? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the other shop is. Oh, that's uh, Brandt, yeah. Um, and, and, and then uh, do absolutely a side by side, and maybe not in this um, yeah. a, a session, but um, I think this is really important. And, and I remember Adam, do you remember the show when, when we talked about how Adam increased his number of recommendations per um, inspection from, if I'm not mistaken, 11 to 18 on average? Mm -hmm. And he attributed that to um, sitting down and build in many hours yeah. a, an inspection sheet so it, it runs unguided, right? So, so, so I really, maybe we can... Um, you mark that and and look at a guided inspection producing 18 or, or ready to produce 18 recommendations on average i remember john long's number was even higher 25 and he he went from 17 to 25 by defining guided and it's less actually the guided aspect of it it's more sitting down and go through every single topic, map out the conditions and the recommendations. That is where the time is well spent, although it's tedious initially. And so, you know, we talk about it being tedious and a lot of time, but again, I like to go ahead and take the, the mindset is, look, if your technicians are supposed to be looking at a certain topic, ask them what job is to produce if there's a fail and then ask them what condition it would be and then have your service writer help put that into words that the human can understand. So, right. you know, doing this as a team effort really is a, is a lot better than, you know, just the owner or implementer saying, I'm going to do this and you guys are going to follow it. So, you know, that participation culture is huge. Cool. Um, so one hypothesis is uh, the inspection sheet um, might show uh, differences. What other hypothesis do you have, just looking at the numbers, uh, why the uh, service advisor efficiency shows a difference between, what was it, four hours versus 10 hours per tech? Am I putting you on the spot? No, normally when I go and see that, the first thing I do is an inspection audit, which we already nailed down that we really need to go ahead and do that. Uh -huh. um, it was really kind of interesting also that um, when we get down to their motorist research time, I believe that they were relatively close, you know, yep. within in like 10, 15 seconds of each other. So, you know, the quality of inspections is one thing, but looking at the inspection sheet would probably be key. And I know okay. um, both these shops, I know that they, they take a lot of pictures and they, they do a pretty decent job editing them. So, you know, the question is what drives the additional recommendations because they, those additional recommendations appear to go and get turned into money. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, it could be culturally, you know, I mean, some, some people are opposed to, you know, throwing the kitchen sink at you. Well, there's one difference that you're going to see between the two shops is one, I believe uses a, is, or maybe even transitioning to using the production manager. And when they do that, they take the emotion out of pricing. So, they're more apt to go and get everything the technician recommends estimated and presented to the customer than a shop that the service writer has got the emotion that they're dealing with the customer, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. And Adam's got a really great point here, really interesting insight. You know, he says that uh, Annie is B-Tech, talked to him the other day about momentum, keeping up momentum as we go into winter and potentially slower times. It's much easier to keep up momentum when you have good inspections done and future work to sell, uh, poor inspections, you're just waiting for cars to break, uh, then to keep up the momentum and, and and to get, you know, and to stoke the fire again, right? If you're sitting there cold and you just been, you know, twiddling your thumbs, it's a lot harder to get a high speed, at, you know, at the, at the flip of a switch when you get a walk-in or something. But the whole statement from there, it really is about culture in the shop because when the technician is coming to you saying, I understand this is how it works. It's my job to spot needs, document them, and then the service writer is going to follow through and do something with them. And it's important for us all as a team. 
you know, to me, that's a positive cultural sign and a shift that we'd really like to drive in all shops, not just, you know, a relatively small percentage of them compared to the rest. You know, some of them are a little bit more digitally resistant than others, I guess is what I'm saying. So they don't want what's the what's the KPI we have to introduce to measure culture? That's an uh, interesting. I'm gonna have to think about that a minute. Um, Maybe that's a question for the audience. That's such a soft, um, soft uh, but super important attribute. Uh, we should really uh, think whether there is a potential KPI how how we can measure it. I think it should be average food cost of staff lunches. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> bologna sandwiches yeah that's not such a not such a hot culture cool i didn't want to derail you uh, bill oh i'm i'm pretty hard to derail i'm per, i'm pretty stable i just wanted to go back so that way people didn't go ahead and, and see that you haven't fixed your lighting well thank you for the attention i, I hope i fix it now is certainly a lot better than it has been. So um, again, let me go ahead and move back over here to um, monitor number four of eight. I would assume that you can see it now. So yep. again, you know, this is just comparing shop to shop. What I really like about this is that, you know, my goal when I'm working with shops is to go ahead and help them set their goals. And then being that I'm like the evil referee that you'll see in some sporting events, every time you cross the goal line, I'm going to go ahead and move the goalposts. So a lot of people say, well, you know, what is my shop number compared to another shop? And in my eyes, I really don't care because what I want to do is I want you to learn how to squeeze the maximum peak level of performance out of your own particular shop, database, you know, employees, customer base, and so on. So I like to go come in here and I like to go ahead and set these goals and I like to keep moving them forward. And it, my goal isn't to go ahead and see everything on the, on the screen here in green my goal is to go ahead and keep moving them goals upwards until we can't go and get anything else out of your shop. And then if you don't add a new, new more bays or change your pricing model or whatever, then it's your job to hold them there after you find your peak level of performance. I think that's a, that's an awesome question to the audience. Um, if I may. So the question is, are you in the mode of, upping your goal or are you in the mode of maintaining your goals or are you setting goals for each individual KPI at all? Go ahead and chat those in. Also, you know, if you've got any, um, <laughs> I would expect that from Frank right off the bat. Oh, he's up in the goal. Yeah. Well, Frank's got a huge parking lot out there. He can. He's very patient customers as well. Well, Frank is one of the people that I, that I like to work with because he and me both believe in moving the goalposts every time you score a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and if you've got, uh, you know, if you've got questions, you've got a scenarios, you've got a challenge for Bill or Uva, go ahead and uh, put that in either the chat or the Q&A. Either one, I'll, I'll, I'll see it and find it. Uh, if you if you would give us the name of your shop so we can look at your data if you give us permission to do that and uh, uh, we can dig in and either help you to uh, problem solve or uh, have a nice debate around um, you know what what Bill or Uva are showing us. So as you're learning to use the business control panel, what I, what I like to do is I like to go in and understand the KPIs and understand how to use them as a diagnostic tool. So, you know, if your motorist research time, you think it's in a good, good place, what I like to do is I like to apply some logic to it. So if I've got 8.6 recommendations, I know if that customer was in the shop and they walked out to the car for the technician to take their finger and point at it, tell them what it is, what needs to be done, and the reason they should buy today, in most shops, it takes an average of one minute per recommendation. So if I've got 8.6 and I multiply it by 60 seconds, then I know is the motorist research time in the proper area for your particular workflow in your shop. So if you're making more recommendations, then I would expect the motorist research time to be higher, which here we're not really seeing that. 
Now, that's a great point, right? Uh, yeah, and, 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 and that's just not for motorist research time. That's for any of your KPIs, any of your metrics. Don't just have a baseline or a canned uh, number in mind. It has to be you know, specific to your actual operation. If you've got you know, 20 recommendations in a, in, a, in a 200 second motorist research time, they're probably not looking at it uh, you know, as, as deep as they should be. And then also take into consideration the type of vehicles you work on. If you work on really complex vehicles, you could have a low number of recommended actions here, but it takes longer to explain to the customer. Now you can see the motorist research is higher. So that's why I said, you know, understanding your numbers, keep moving them forward, understanding the logic behind them. You know, another one that's highly logical is average number of pitchers. If you've got 15 recommendations and your average pitcher count is 10, then you've kind of missed the ball somewhere. If your average number of pitcher or recommendations is eight and a half, and you've got 15 pitchers, now you've got eight and a half, you know, one pitcher for each thing that's been folded and mutilated. You probably got four corners, you got instrument cluster, and you may have four or five topics that are pitchers with measurements on every visit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just looking at the numbers without some logic that goes behind them you know, is really not as effective as understanding how they relate to each other. And again, I equate this just like diagnosing a vehicle. If you go ahead and, you know, see something. And again, this is like Sesame Street Diagnostics. You know, you come down through here and which one of these things isn't like the other, then you've got a place to go ahead and start dissecting and find out, you know, what's going on. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, if you're a multi-shop operator, you know, you can set this business control panel up uh, for multi-locations like Bill has his. And uh, and then just like, you know, you just go down the list and you look for the outliers, you look for the flags, and then you start to drill down. Um, by the way, guys, uh, both Terry Scafidi from Eastside Bavarian and uh, Michael Baggett from Pro Automotive Services. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop sharing and I'm going to try and dial them up here. Um, so you guys can go ahead and talk while I keep looking. So let me um, leverage this a little bit and, and, and announce that we're going to start um, text to pay next week. And we're going to have in the BCP um, the number of appointments paid digitally plus the dollar amount paid digitally because the, um, we, we want to see whether there's a, a correlation between high number of, um, a high amount has, you know, a hesitance to be paid digitally or not. Um, if you see any other interesting KPI you would love to see, please chat it in. Bill, was that enough time for you? Uh, what city is Pro Automotive Services in um, Illinois? Wood River. Wood River. So I'm going to keep looking here. Yeah, and you know, over those, that's that's just that's fantastic data. I mean, it, because it's gonna it, it it's gonna give insights into a, a lot more. Um, right. That type of demographic. And you can even relate that into your marketing, how you target your Facebook ads and your social ads and your AdWords. Um, you know, if that type of consumer is going to have a certain threshold uh, being able, you know, that's the full digital, probably millennial type of a consumer. Uh, it's great to know and be able to target them uh, much more effectively. But it's also um, a service advisor thing, right? So we, we will find out um, whether the service advisor has to initiate it, right? There's not, we remind the service advisor to initiate it. There's a task and you cannot miss it, but there's no automatic, hey, customer pay here, right? And, and so this way we will also be able to measure adoption rate to, um, Number one, take deposits, and number two, uh, uh, pay the final bill. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw Mark Lemieux's um, post in there. He's up in Canada. They just switched over to 360, and he's wondering if it's going to be available in Canada uh, right out of the gate. 
Um, I don't know why it shouldn't be. Um, so I was told by Protractor, only difference is in Canada, they don't use the digital signature pad. But um, he said 360 payments is used by Protractor in Canada. Then it should, should work. So Mark, uh, it might be a good idea if we add you to the uh, turbo shops and um, if you if you are open to that, because then then we can uh, find out right away. Yeah, and he's saying that they do use the digital signing pads. Um, also, so I went ahead and added these these two shops on the first two rows here. So, um, you know, if you want to go ahead and, and go through them and dissect them, we certainly can. The, the challenge is a little bit, you know. Um, the shops are not of the same uh, type, right? Um, so Terry is European, and 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 Mike, if I'm not mistaken, this all makes all models. But the, no matter how different they are from each other, there's still a lot of things that have to be done the same. So you know, to no, me, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, uh, all I'm trying to say is, don't look at the dollar numbers. Right, correct. Look at the other numbers, right? Hours. Yep. <clears throat> so, real quick, uh, before we dig in, Adam's got a question. He's saying, um, so on some of the percentages, how come they go over a 100%? Like the inspection rate for shop number four, which was, you know, on the previous screen, but it was over 100%. The only time I see that is when a shop is doing more than one unique inspection per repair order. Right. That's the explanation. <clears throat> so if you want to guide me through here. Um, you know, you know, so, <laughs> so Adam is shop four and um, yes, it's, 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 he only has one inspection. <laughs> okay. Then we have to dig deeper. So Let's check here. Um, inspection rate, 52% uh, for Mike's shop. I think we should look at the insides and see whether that's a trend or an up and down in the inspection rate. It's definitely not consistent. Yeah, no. But if you can I mean, also, Steve is asking, um, how do you add the breakdown by service advisor uh, slash text to the metrics? And so, Steve, what I'm what I'm assuming you're asking for is how do we um, compare technicians or service advisors uh, in specific metrics? Uh, so, Bill, if you can show that uh, as we're as we're drilling down, uh, help Steve out. So here, if he's not seeing it here, basically he's just gonna be tapping here to go ahead and do it. And then over here on each KPI you select, you'll be able to go in and choose the individual employee. So maybe we start with the inspection rate for Mike. And, and Mike, you have to give us permission to show your tech name, uh, text names, because we don't wanna, um, or, or, or we can do that uh, um, later. So he says it's fine. Yep. Um, so, so go to the inspection rate and then uh, uh, compare a uh, look at the individual tags. <clears throat> so Dave is in, in good shape compared with the average, right? Eric is slightly higher than the it's interesting though that he's got a bunch of days that are 100% and then we right. come down to some that are nothing. So it's and it looks like uh, at the same time uh, you know uptrending car count. So Another, I think Mike doesn't count because he's I was helping thinking her. he shouldn't be in the shop. Yeah. <clears throat> well, See Richard is one of the ones pulling the, <laughs> the inspection down. 
<laughs> Slack. <laughs> Ron. Okay, that's... So we're, we're looking at it here, and where I kind of like to go ahead and start this journey was I come over here. I want to go ahead and look at it here, so that way I instantly right. know where my targets are. And when you look, right. these guys are still showing a pretty good average, but when you start getting in and looking at the individual data... No, no, that's the wrong shop. Go back. Next column. There we go. There you see it already. Yeah, I totally... I, I should shut up and let you do it. Um, but, but the graph shows there is an inconsistency, Mike, right? So there are, there are circumstances you probably know better than, than, than us, where certain processes get cut short on certain days. And it might have to do with car count going up. It might have to do with something else. Um, that would be a um, question to you. So, so that's one of the most difficult ones, right? If, if there's a consistent trend up or down, you can work on this much more easily and correct it than um, an, an inconsistent trend where there is no real trend, right? There are days where it's perfect and other days there's not. And and so it would be it would be really interesting to hear your opinion, Mike. What what the reason is for the for the up and down. And what I would what I also would like to ask you is: Do you do a weekly uh, shop meeting, for example, where you could go through this and then determine it? So I can I, I can uh, promote them to panelists if you want, if that's okay with you, Mike. I mean, we have, um, yeah, sure. Mike, just, you know, let us know whether you're, whether you're game. <clears throat> and so while he's doing that, I'm going to come over here and kind of do what I'd like to normally do is I like to come in when I go ahead and find something that I'm working on with an individual staff member, I'll actually come over here and I'll build a preset form based on the KPIs they're working on. So we're going to come over here and just choose this and and this is pro automotive. So Mike's in as a panelist. So uh, Mike, whenever you wanna unmute, you'll be live. So make sure you got clothes on if you're gonna turn on your camera. <laughs> this is a PG show we run here, buddy. in CNN. There he is. Hello, Mike. How are you, buddy? You're still muted. Uh, let me see whether I can unmute this. I got it. I got it. There he is. My uh, lovely wife is with us also, just so you know. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. And so the question was the inconsistencies, correct? Yes. Um, so I really don't know how to explain them because I, I, I don't look at this page very often, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I know that our data is probably skewed because we, uh, cover your ears, Uva, we left auto vitals for about 30 days. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I think we had a couple discussions uh, via text and I appreciate you answering me back. Um, but, um, what I've committed to is basically once we, you know, we've been with you guys for so long and, you know, I just seemed overwhelmed by everything that is possible. And so I, I went to something I thought was going to be a little simpler and it was just, it was way too dumbed down. I just absolutely couldn't stand myself. I mean, I was just, it was horrible. Um, but anyway, so I've recommitted myself and, and I want to learn this and, and figure it out so that, you know, I can use it to the best of my advantage. Cool. Um, Bill, would you mind uh, comparing two um, technicians? Because then we will see whether the inconsistency is due to a shop-wide challenge or um, individual challenge. Yeah, and go kind of slow so folks can can, can see this. 
um, because probably a lot of people don't know that this is, uh, you know, we have this capability. So what I did is I come over here and I turned on what would be my second lab scope trace. It's got the same time period on it. Now I've come down to the KPI and I guess you tell me what other technician you'd like to put in here for comparison. So who do we have up here now? Is that Dave? We have Richard and yeah, let's compare it with Dave because Dave, I think had the highest, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Ronnie's actually off on vacation. He's been out for three weeks. So um, the, I mean. So, so can they, you uh, switch off the average of ROs written per day? So we have only uh, inspection rate bills. So it's not so busy. Thank you. See, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's a pattern we can see in the inspection rate. Well, I mean, here we've got almost no inspections being done, and this right. guy here is relatively consistent. He's got a few dropouts, and sometimes I like to hover over these and find out is every one of the dropouts here is on a Monday or is it on a Friday and things like right. that. Mm -hmm. um, you'd be surprised what you can find just by hovering over to different, um, to different days. So this one's a Thursday. This one's a Tuesday. That one's a Thursday. That one's a Tuesday. That's interesting. So the all, all all the tea days. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of interesting what you'll find out when you just start, and it's just like diagnosing a, a vehicle. You know, you're looking for the dropouts or change or what I call glitches, and you can see here that you know we we're running smooth, and then all of a sudden we got some glitches, and we run smooth again, and now we got some glitches again, and now we're running smooth again. From a technician, I'd call that a misfire. <laughs> okay. Can you can you overlay car count? Sure. Um, you probably have to uncheck one of the other ones. Who's driving this bus? And folks, if you notice, you know when when Bill's doing those hoverovers on those data points, it shows all, all of the um, additional KPIs that you have selected. And so when you're doing that, that's a really great way to spot check. You just select the metrics that, that should be um, monitored. You know, if you're looking at uh, technicians, uh, average number of recommendations, you, you're going to want to see that in comparison to ARO and, and some other. And then, and then as you go through, you'll be able to see is one of those, you know, out of line or more and then drill down into those as well. And that's what I was saying earlier is that's how you really get down to the root cause and it becomes pretty evident what you need to do to improve. So what I would like here on either one of these is would be the, the technicians here listed also so we can go and see how many vehicles are touching per day. Um, I can do it for the service riders, but that's not going to go and give me my equivalent here. So maybe that's something we probably need to consider. Yeah. But, but just to answer the question, the inconsistency is not through car count. There is no, all of a sudden the shop got super busy because the cars just came in and the inspection has been neglected. That's not the case. So, so there must be something else, Mike, which, um, so our recommendation is simply that you check this out on those um, graphs and then either do it in a team meeting with everybody or in a one-on-one, -on -one, depending on how your culture is, and then um, identify new goals uh, for those people. Does it make sense? I mean, is that? Yes. And, and also, Mike, you know, uh, if you don't have them set already, you know, set up your alerts, your notifications, because when that inspection rate drops from 95 down to 60, you're going to get a, a notification and at least you can go out and kind of see what's happening and make some notes. You know, uh, you know, we had a guy out at that time and so he was doing double duty or, or whatever it might be. Uh, and it give you some better insight into what's happening uh, in those, in those areas. So Mike, one of the things I also like to do is I like to go in and think about training puppies and then the human, they, they kind of get trained the same way you know, constant praise or constant correction. So if I've got something here and I'm working on these two texts specifically on their inspection rate, I might come in here on a morning and go ahead and prepare for a morning meeting and just change this to seven days. 
and just kind of review with them what their paid and closed and posted invoices from the day before was. So that way you're not waiting for a full 30 days to go in and get some improvement. So, you know, rapid continuous improvement comes with constant monitoring. And to me, I like to use the constant praise and constant correction method is that, you know, when they're doing good, I'm going to always try and find something they're doing good. And I'm going to ask them on the things that they're struggling on a little bit, what can I do to help you get these other numbers up? But I really like to go ahead and prep for and conduct a five minute morning meeting with the different staff members to go ahead and highly focus them on just one or two things for each employee, because every employee is going to be in a different spot on the journey as they go through, you know, your, your digital um, transformation in your shop. So I just like to go ahead and do a quick meeting with them and, and based on data. So it's not personal that, you know, this is the results from yesterday. And I know this is important to you and I both. How can I help you go ahead and do this? So we got a couple questions in the, you know, from, from the uh, audience there. Uh, Frankie's asking, you know, and, and this is I, I'm, uh, to determine, you know, why we're seeing the glitches. Um, does every RO have an inspection line automatically? And Adam is asking, are there follow-up appointments that aren't getting inspections that could be thrown off the data? That's yeah, a great, I mean, great. That's, that's completely possible. Um, you know, as far as a follow-up, you know, that didn't, you know, come back for some recommended work that doesn't necessarily get an inspection. That's completely possible. And so when we're talking to our technicians about that, we also want to remove from the equation that if they come back for a follow-up appointment with it, if it's within two weeks, we're not going to count that against them anyway. So, you know, kind of be thinking if they, you know, they're scheduling back in and it's outside of that two week range, we would normally expect an inspection because there's lots of crap that can go on in the real world in two weeks. But if it's within that two week period, then we're not going to go ahead and count that against them if they don't do an inspection. Makes sense. And, and um, Mike, you use a Napa Trex Enterprise, if I'm not mistaken, is that correct? That is correct. Uh, does it have a feature like what Frank is saying, which is really um, helpful as a reminder, every OO gets automatically an inspection line added. Maybe that's the first line on every work order, right? And that's so creating a work order automatically um, that is not a feature of enterprise, if that's what you're asking, or not. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm asking. It's definitely not a feature. Um, it, it's something that that we've just done. I mean, for the most part, I mean, everybody knows everything at least gets uh, the standard DVI and or, you know, if it's been here recently, it gets a, a basic inspection. You know, the, you know, the, the lights, you know, make sure the blinkers and the tail lights and everything are working. Um, but uh but yeah, every RO should get some sort of an inspection assigned to it. But it has to and be done might, manually. Yeah, that might be a good first step you could do, right? Check the ROs, do an audit of the ROs so that service advisors put that first line on the RO looks the same for every car. It's an inspection. Yeah, most shops we work with, we try and get them to start doing that from day one. So. You know, just like a technician can't turn, turn down a wheel alignment or a brake job or whatever, if you put the line on a repair order, there's no gray area. The service rider has had a conversation with the customer. The customer is aware it's not going to be a surprise inspection. And there really isn't any negative to um, for the technician to not do the inspection. Right. So we have 10 minutes left. Should we jump to another shop, summarize? Um, maybe with Mike, what our recommendations are and then jump to another shop or what do you guys think? I think we should probably summarize, you know, just like we would do if we were, we're on a, you know, a call with the shop, you know, go ahead and summarize the call, give him some takeaways to work on, um, see if he agrees to doing his homework. And then, you know, we can check back at a later date to see what his score on his homework is. Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to be twisting Mike's arm, I think, to get him on a show here uh, coming up. So that might be a good, uh, that might be a great segue. And and there's there's some conversations that I want to have, like Bill and, and Uva, you know, about some features that, you know, AutoVitals does or doesn't, or maybe I'm not aware of. But. Sure. Okay, I'm ready. That's fantastic. So my takeaway would be to go ahead and 
work on getting the line on the repair order to go ahead and make sure that the service rider has had a conversation with the customer about what inspection is going to be done. Then get the technician to go ahead and do it and make sure it stays consistent by maybe, you know, prepping and conducting that five minute walkthrough with them in the morning, say, and I would probably pick more than just one KPI. I would probably pick, you know, to show them the inspection rate would be great, but I would also want to show them at the same time, the average hours per repair order. So that way, you know, this is the input I need you to put in here. And this is what you should expect as an output. If you do an inspection, you make the recommendation, your hours per repair order should go up. And then you have less trips to the parking lot and less racking and, and re-racking vehicles. So that way you're helping him understand what's in it for him in it rather than just doing more work. Okay. You have anything you'd like to add to that, Uva? Well, I think we should start really with simple things and create consistency. I would completely focus on inspection rate and and review with with the tax on a daily basis as you as you proposed. And then, Bill, I don't know whether you would be willing to do um, inspection sheet review just with Mike. Sure. Yeah, that, that seems to be somewhere I think that we're we're struggling, you know, our inspection sheets. Um, you know, building them out, getting them correct. Um, My question always is with Napatrax users and enterprise, especially, is how many um, labor codes can jobs you have in Napatrax? Not enough. And I, I need a better understanding of, of how how you guys are using the can jobs, you know. Um, so that may be a, a discussion that we can have. Awesome. And I think I finally found a way to go ahead and import all the canned jobs into Napa Tracks Enterprise. In one fell scoop, we're experimenting with a couple shops right now, and um, maybe we can shortcut that process also. Okay. That's yeah. the main objection people have to using canned jobs in certain POS systems is how the hell do I get all of them in there? I, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you got to put, put in the time. So, I mean, you know, I've, I've recommitted myself, so I'm available. I think we should have a full series with Mike. Yes. <laughs> Create a case study. Yeah. Okay. Mike, thank you very much for being so open and transparent. That's, that's, that's highly appreciated. Um, Those that volunteer always get the, the best um, results from it. Always. Um, I don't know. I don't like, uh, I don't like being in the public eye, but maybe, <laughs> we'll, maybe, maybe we'll get my wife on here. <laughs> okay. Um, appreciate it. We have six minutes left. Is there a quick analysis of Terry's and numbers possible, Bill? What do you think? How about we go ahead and pull it up on the screen and look through it? I would assume you can see the screen. Yep. Yep. And now if I could find out where I moved the mouse to, we can kind of scroll down through here and see if anything jumps out to you. So they're definitely doing a lot of inspections and it looks like it's consistent across the board. Looks like the technicians and service riders um, are participating in the editing process, although you know, Sesame Street says um, one of these things don't look like the other for sure. Um, average number of pictures taken, looks like they're giving some to work with. The inspections are being sent. Motors research time is good. Average number of recommendations is, um, I would highly encourage them to go ahead and set their goal to at least what they're doing now so they don't have a tendency to achieve the goal that's actually there. Yeah. Why don't you do that right away? Terry, how is 10 pictures uh, uh, recommended actions as a goal? Frank said, don't raise the bar, set the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Terry said, that's the goal we'll update. I think, I think uh, Terry, Bill's going to do it for you. So let's, let's just go ahead and put this right here for right now and then um, keep working on it. And so their average hours for repair order. These uh, brag. <laughs> somebody must have closed out a really big repair order. But as a European shop, it's really not hard to go ahead and have 
all the repair orders be in the five or six hour range. Um, you know, they're normally pretty labor intensive. So um, that's kind of interesting. You got a group of guys about in the same place here. I would assume this is a five day a week shop. And you can tell me if I'm wrong. And I would guess these guys here are more general service type guys. It looks like Dave is helping out also as a service advisor and filling in. Yeah, five days a week. And so if they're doing that, I always go ahead and make sure the shop goes ahead and, and actually uses tea time and then sets a tea time for in office. So that way, when you go ahead and pull up those reports, you can see how many hours they spent working as a service advisor or in the office versus in the shop. So that way you got a more true picture of what's going on. So by the way, um, Bill, for your information, Terry over the years has built, I think the currently biggest library of canned jobs with like 6,000. Yep, I've only seen other one, one other uh, protractor shop close to that so far. And, um, and so that there's a big decision to be made. So either you start uh, creating make specific inspection sheets or uh, the recommended action is going to be generic and will be then replaced by the uh, make specific. So I, uh, could tell, I could tell them right quick what the other shop did because they only specialize in Toyota Lexus only. They uh -huh. actually opted to go ahead and make one generic inspection sheet and then they cloned it. And then they went ahead and made an inspection sheet for different models of vehicles that have the, the service packages for those models actually embedded it. So they, they took their main inspection sheet, made it generic so they can work on anything that comes in the door. And then they've got ones that are model specific. And when the service writer puts it on a repair order, if they have a model specific, they use that one. So it pretty much literally builds the repair order in Protractor. Uh, Terry uses the Winworks, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> okay, anything else you, you, you can see because we are um, going close to the end. I mean, this looks pretty amazing. To yeah, me. It's, it's a pretty solid shop. They got the processes down pretty good. And that doesn't mean that we couldn't go in here for individual employees and probably find stuff, but I don't think we have the time to do that right now. Yeah, what are you, you ain't going to find much. Well, there's almost no shop that when you start getting down to the employee level that there's not something that everybody can be working on to go ahead and get a tune-up. You know, and I told this to Adam the other day, it's kind of like building a race car. You can always go ahead and, and improve the lap time by just tweaking a few little things. And it's the same thing for your shop. And of course, you got a tickle out of that if you know Adam. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, well, and, and that's where you want to get to anyway. That's that's how you make it to to the Super Bowl, right? Now you're now you're just splitting the frog hairs and you're fine tuning and you're getting, you know, you're squeezing out the peak performance. Uh, and that is a great place to be uh, when you're operating an automotive repair shop, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, fantastic show. Uh, we got about a minute. I mean, what a great, uh, you know, and uh, a lot of great information. Uh, we'll be adding this as a regular recurrence, just like we're doing the kind of asking anything with with the uh, ask the uh, expert panel of experts. Um, and so look forward to it next week. You know, I'm working on getting this. He's out hunting, though. So I guess I got a really limited hunting season and I'm trying to pin this guy down. He's going to be a great show for you. Um, and so I'll announce tomorrow in the email. Uh, but uh, but but regardless Every topic that we have on here, every show that we have on here is worth tuning in for. So next Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time, tune in for Digital Shop Talk Radio, and we'll do it again. We really appreciate everybody's attendance and participation. Uh, thank you very much. And until next Wednesday, get out there and make some more money. We'll talk to you then. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Thanks Terry. Mike.
Thank Frank, you, guys. Carlos, Adam, everybody. John.